Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Presented by Hertz. We're going to have a lot of fun. Hey, Tommy, we got a special guest, don't we? One of my favorites. Been a fan of his for a long time and then became a friend over a long period of time. So love having him on the show. So thanks, Charles. You know how much love and appreciation I got for you. And Jim, you know, you like a brother to me, man. So thanks for having me on. It's our Thanksgiving edition. We love having Charles Barkley, 11-time All-Star MVP on TNT. You watch him all the time. Our show is presented by Hertz. At Hertz, you can change the scenery without ever changing your standards. That's right. No matter where you are with Hertz, you'll always find exactly the right vehicle to make your let's go moment unforgettable. Visit Hertz.com to book today. Hertz, let's go. Hey, 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 you guys lucky I'm not Kenny. Because Kenny thinks we should get a gift every time we mention a sponsor. Kenny would want to rent a car. Hey, I'm telling you guys, Kenny is a typical New Yorker. He's got an angle. He's like, his, he insists that every time they show a commercial, we're technically endorsing it. So we get something from that company. They're already paying us, Kenny. Please stop. I'm going to weigh in. I think I could actually help you with that. I get you like a, a premium, you know, deluxe edition or something like that. You get a whatever the, the gold stand, the gold star, the Jubilee package, whatever it is. So I got you. I got you if you need that. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, Charles, you're, you're a national treasure, but you've done it. You've done it for so long. You've been now on television longer than you played basketball, but you've done it by telling the truth. Um, and the truth is hard to tell anymore. Uh, how, how have you managed to pull this off and 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 do it in a way where people want to keep coming back every week because they love it so much? Well, number one, thank you. Uh, you know, my mentor, Dick Ebersole, when we started talking about what I was going to do in television when I retired, he said, I think you'd be great on television. He said, you're always going to be in trouble, but I think you're going to be great <laughs> on television. I said, I'm not even sure how to take that. He says, you know, people always tell you they want to hear the truth. They really don't, Jim. They don't. He says, he says, especially when it comes to fans, fans want you to tell them two things. Their favorite player is great, and their team is great. Yeah. And he says, if you tell them their favorite player is not great or their team sucks, they automatically don't like you. He said, but the one thing I learned about you is you're going to always tell the truth. It was my third year in Philadelphia when I was becoming a star, Jim. Because, first of all, everybody wants to be liked. So my my first two years, the media never talked to me because it was always Dr. J and Moses. So my third year, I started becoming a star. And then Dr. J says, hey, you have to remember something. Because I wanted everybody to like me. He said he was trying to coach me on how to deal with the media. He said, you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to either be honest or try to make everybody like you. So the first six months, I wanted everybody to like me. And then I realized... Holy shit, it doesn't matter what I say. Yeah. Half the people gonna like it and half the people gonna hate it. Yeah. And it was a shock to my system. He said, Well, you got to make the uncomfortable decision to always tell the truth. You're gonna piss a lot of people off, but at least you'll be authentic. So from my third year on to now, Jim, I said, Hey, listen, I don't think I'm right all the time, but I'm gonna give my honest opinion. Hey, and just live with the ramifications. Have, have there been any ramifications for you, like where you look back and you think, because I think everybody would like to do that. And I think yeah. if you're to say something, you know, what well, I watched an interview with Cristiano Ronaldo um, and Piers Morgan, this, I think it was last week, right before the World Cup. And he was, in his mind, you know, saying a lot of things in his truths. But, you know, now there's ramifications for that. 
you know, with his team and, and the repercussions for that. So how do you, did you ever look back and go, shit, I shouldn't have said that or, oh shit, I didn't realize it would cost me that. Uh, I think probably me and Michael were best friends. That's probably the most prominent thing. Michael Jordan, that's probably losing his friendship was probably the most prominent thing that's happened to me. Uh, but I was being honest about what I thought. I said, I said, and what I said, I said, listen, the toughest thing about Michael, he's got to put better people around him because the toughest thing when you're famous, you, they own your private jet, you're buying all the drinks, you're buying all the dinners. Very few people are going to be honest with you. And I try to surround myself with people like, Hey, if I'm screwing up, please tell me. And Michael got offended about something I said about him. And we haven't spoken in probably almost 10 years and he was my best friend at the time and i love to do like a brother and we're both stubborn and we haven't talked so that's probably the most prominent thing uh one night kobe bryant <laughs> texted me 40 times calling me every name in the book wow uh you know he was uh he uh was playing they were playing the phoenix suns one game and he wouldn't take a shot in the second half and i knew yeah. what he was trying to prove i don't have any help they lost that game really badly and I got on the TV, I said, as much as I like Kobe Bryant, I was really disappointed. He took one shot in the second half. He, he was trying to prove a point, but I hated it. It was a playoff game. And he starts texting me right after the game. He called me every MF in the world. And we go back and forth. He texted me about 40 times. So it's like 5 o'clock in the morning. Can we get off mm -hmm. around? And I said, dude, pick up the phone and call me. Don't just Because I was like, Kobe, I said what I said. And we, we mended our offense, thank goodness, because he passed away. But those probably the two most prominent things. But, you know, Tom, I tell these guys, because I talk to players and coaches all the time. They're like, hey, why did you say this? Why did you say this? I said, this is why I said it. I think as long as I feel like I've never taken a cheap shot at a guy because I didn't like him. Yeah. But I said, hey, listen, if you play bad, I can't get on TV and tell people you played good. <laughs> yeah. So, so as long as I feel like I'm coming from a place like one thing about Chuck, when I hear people say he's gonna be fair, but he's gonna be honest, and I, I, I wish I miss I wish I could say positive thing about everybody all the time, but you know they just saw the game. I gotta tell the truth. It's interesting because I think you know for me I'm gonna in my second career I'm gonna you know be on TV and I'm gonna have the opportunity to be I would say more critical than what I've been, you know, as a player, because you don't, it's, you always, I always think as a player, I got to pick my spots yes. in a locker room because there's frustrations you have as a player. I always feel like I just go address them with my, I never really do it through the media. I just go to the players and I go to the the coach or I go, you know, to the person who could actually solve the problem, right, as a player. Yes. But I'm thinking as I think forward, you know, my career, I want to be, and I think part of it is, you know, at 23 seasons professionally, when I watch football now, the only thing I see uh, you know, nine out of 10, it's, man, that was a really bad play. Yes. As opposed to the, wow, the spectacular play that Mahomes made or the spectacular play that um, Josh Allen made. Now it's like, man, what bad defensive play. What a bad play by the quarterback. And, na and naturally, because I think I have a high level of, when you play with Randy Moss, when you play with Wes Walker, when you play with Gronkowski and Edelman and Mike Evans, yeah. you see greatness. Yes. And uh, there's a very standard for perfection that I want to see the game played at because I, I value the sport. I value the 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 um the the coordination of this incredible chess match that's happening, the play within every play. And 
I just feel like there's probably more Johnny Miller in me yeah. where, you know, when I used to watch him on golf telecast, you know, he would, it was just scathing sometimes. What? That guy choked under pressure or whatever. And that's essentially how I end up seeing the game a lot now. So not that I want to be negative, but I do want to point out and, and Belichick taught this to me a lot, you know, is, you know, you, and I said this to Jim, you know, it's hard to win a game in the NFL. There's more games lost in the NFL than there won. If you don't screw it up, you got a great chance to win because most people do just mess it up. Yeah. If you do the basic fundamentals of what the sport are with blocking, tackling, you know, rushing the quarterback, blocking for the quarterback, catching the ball, throwing, you know, kicking the ball properly, you can you can do really well in the sport. I think proven by that Patriot system all those years. So it'll be interesting. You know, I've watched you. I really I think everyone admires you for being the, the authenticity because no and there's very few people who say what they feel and get away with it without, you know, you got to have thick skin too, you know, and you certainly have that. Well, because, you, you know, you, you could, if you just kiss the player's ass all the time and don't point out, like, what the hell was he thinking? A bad coaching move. Like, you're going to lose your credibility with the audience. And they saw it. They're like, wait a minute. Why did he call that? That was a bad play. That was yeah. a bad throw. That was a bad coaching decision. If the one thing you don't want, you don't want to lose your credibility because that Pete, what the, I don't even think I, I never care about the coaches or the players. When I'm trying to do my job, I'm actually talking to the people at home. Yeah, and 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 it, and that that's who you're trying to reach. Like if I'm gonna sit there and say, I want to make sure all my coaching friends are protected. I'm gonna protect all the players. The fans gonna be like, oh, he's awful on television. He's scared to criticize somebody because yeah. you just saw a bad play. And if you don't say that, you know, cause like when I'm sitting with my football friends sometimes, Seth Jonah, Roy Green, guys like that, I said, man, what the hell was that quarterback thinking? He's like, dude, that wasn't on the quarterback. That, that was the, the wide receiver ran the wrong route. It, it should have been a hot thing. I'm like, see, fans, see, that's why I hate fans when they think they actually know the game. I said, just yeah. go to the game and cheer. You don't know what the hell going on out there. Every, yeah. quarter, every, <laughs> every time a quarterback throw an interception is not – I used to think that. That's why yeah. I, guys who played the sport, like, I said, yo, well, tell me what happened here. Oh, uh, the, the player ran the wrong route. Oh, the quarterback should have knew. That's a hot route. He And, you know, the center, he got the, the his, it's his job to fix the protection and things like that. That's why I love people who actually played the sport, especially at a high level. You know, I was listening to Bart Scott, and he was talking about, he says, yeah, man, when we used to play this certain team, I could tell if it was a pass or a run. I was looking at the guy's knuckles. He said, if he's not pressing down hard on his knuckles, yeah. he's starting to retreat. Yeah. I'm like, damn, interesting. Only somebody who was really good at football, he says, yeah, if they don't have their fingers going hard down in the ground, that means they're going to run it. He said, yeah. but if they don't have their knuckles in the ground, that means they're going to be leaning back to pass protect. He says, little nuances like that. I was like, man, that's some great insight. So yeah. I want to, I'm trying to talk to the fans at home. Listen, yeah. I'm not there to, to babysit the coaches or the players, but the only thing is our society has changed so much where anytime you criticize these young guys, it's like, oh, you're just an old guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm an old guy, but I know how to be great at a sport. I know what I'm looking for. I know what it takes to win. I know what it takes to be successful, but I'm not just because your mom and your dad and your brother tweeting at me. I'm not worried about that. I got to do my job. So that, so I'm always really just trying to talk to the audience when I'm doing my job. 
Jim Gray with Tom Brady, special Thanksgiving edition with the great Charles Barkley. Our program, Let's Go, is brought to you by USAA. USAA was started in 1922 by a group of soldiers who made a promise to always take care of their own. And after 100 years, USAA is still serving the military and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. USAA! Our salute to service continues this month, and we want to thank particularly... Uh, on Thanksgiving, the great men and women of our military who do so much for all of us and protect our freedoms. Go ahead, Tommy. Yeah, there was a thought, you know, you said, you know, criticizing a good player, a bad play. And I even think that when we beat Seattle in the Super Bowl in the 2014 season, there was a play at the end of the game where, yeah. you know, Malcolm Butler made the interception. And, you know, when I see that play, because, you know, you always see that play, Yes. And right away, Chris Collinsworth said, I don't understand why they don't give it to Marshawn Lynch. You know, and that ended up being because I remember right after the game, I remember going to the press conference and uh, they asked me about that because, you know, the announcers have such, uh, you know, what they say becomes so influential in how the man, how, how the fans feel about it. That play by Malcolm Butler was one of the great defensive plays in the history of the NFL. You know, I, you know, watching Malcolm play. And over that whole season, his ability to make that quick and his twitch, obviously, to get to the ball, to recognize the play, then to jump the route and intercept the pass, that to literally save the season, the whole season came down to one yard. You could say, oh, we should have, you know, handed the ball off, which that's what 90% of the fans ended up, you know, taking away from that game. In my mind, I thought, God, what a disservice to Malcolm. Because there's so few corners who could have made that play. Only someone with Malcolm's skill set could have had the twitchiness to decipher that route, to hit it as hard as he did, and then ultimately make the catch. So, you know, just to your point, not many people know exactly what's going on. We can have a great say in how in how influential, you know, the fans ultimately see something. And, you know, I just want people to get the credit for, you know, making well, a dynamic play like you ended up making. That is one of the greatest plays uh, in Super Bowl history, I mean, very seldom do games come down to one play, but it came down to that one play. But yeah. on the spectrum, un unfortunately, and I and, and morning morning talk shows, I know they. Uh, I'm not sure how good they are. I'm not sure how good they are for sports today, because now, man, these guys have so much power. And like when they start when they start a subject first thing in the morning, it becomes everybody's got to talk about it throughout the day. <laughs> you know, you look at a guy like Troy Aikman, you look at a guy like Peyton Manning. If those guys started, I think those guys won like one or two games their first year. In today's game, they're gonna be killed. They're gonna be yeah. bust. You don't yeah. get no time. You don't get no time to like. Oh, I got to. Like, he's a rookie. But now, because the way talk shows have worked and the internet, if you get off to a bad start, you don't get like right now. I was been, well, I've been actually paying attention. I mean, this boy in New York, somebody got to get to him because, like, yo, man, <laughs> I, you can't say the stuff you said after the game because first of all, piss off all your teammates, but also you got to have some awareness and responsibility. Like, you know what? We had two yards in the second half. That's impossible for me to have. Like, I'm the quarterback of the New York Jets. I can't have two yards and then yeah. come out the game and say, no, I don't owe the defense anything. Like, yeah, yeah actually you do. And yeah. 
you pissed because I was watching the interviews after the game. I was like, yo, man, this dude going to have to do some da- some damage control. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's going to have to do some damage control because. Well, teach us a little bit about that, Charles, because you know all about damage control. You threw a man <laughs> through a window. He you threw a, threw a man. He you threw a drink on me. Okay, he threw a drink on you, and you picked him up and threw him through the window. In today's day and age, that's cancel culture for sure. That's jail for sure. We'll never see again from you for sure. I I did go to jail that night, Jim. Uh, So so I I always laugh. Two of my favorite stories, the the two nights I got arrested, the one in Orlando, I was sitting with Clyde Drexler and a couple teammates, and all of a sudden, I had my back. And because the, the owner of the bar says, why don't you guys stay? It's really crowded outside. Why don't you guys stay until the crowd? I said, oh, that's awesome. And we sitting there, we about, and all of a sudden, I get wet. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And Clyde said, that dude threw a drink on us. And I stand up, and I chase this little bastard. And <laughs> by, the, by, by the time I got to him, I was shaking. I said, what the hell is wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with you? And then I saw one of those big pane windows. And it was so damn hot, I just rammed his ass through it. And just like I told the judge, the judge said, Mr. Bark, you have any regrets? I said, I regret we were on the first damn floor. <laughs> <laughs> if you throw a drink on somebody, you deserve to get your ass kicked, especially a little dude throwing a drink on a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us nice what one. you think about cancel culture, Charles. First of all, who gets counseled? You should be called to the carpet if you say something stupid. If you say what Kanye West has been saying, you say what Kyrie Irving's been saying. I I, I don't. I hate when guys talk like that. Uh, I really do, especially being black. I want allies. I don't want to alienate anybody or any race. I want help for our people. Uh, but. As far as council culture, I don't want anybody counsel, but you just can't say stupid stuff and get away with it. You have to be called to the carpet. I mean, my heart breaks for my gay friends. You know, I'm a big proponent of gay rights, transgender rights. And you see what happened in Colorado over the weekend where five people were killed and 25 are injured. If you spouse all this anti-rhetoric, you got synagogues, out here, they shot up in Pittsburgh a couple years ago. You have to be really careful because we have a lot of fools out here who might act upon hatred words that come across as hatred. And my thoughts and prayers are with the gay community right now. Uh, And I was so disappointed in Kyrie and Kanye because when, and I hope, I want people to have empathy for every ethnic group because every group is going through something. And I'm gonna always stand up if, 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 on my watch. If I feel like any ethnic group is getting mistreated, I'm gonna say something. And uh, cause you know, I ain't the best person in the world, but you know what? I feel like I got empathy and decency. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I see it on my watch and I, well, I went right after Kyrie because what he said was wrong, it was inappropriate. And I went at Adam Silver, who I really like. I said, you should have suspended him a week ago. I said, you should have suspended him immediately. Then I said, because if he suspended him now, which he did eventually, you're just giving in to peer pressure. And I said, Adam, especially him being Jewish, to insult your religion, and I'm paying you $40 million a year, you can insult my religion or have 
anger, uh, don't like somebody, but you just can't take my money. So that's what disappointed me in the NBA. And I was disappointed in the players for not standing up saying something. You can't just get upset when something happened against the black community if you're black. If I told you, I, if I see something happen, and like we got a lot of Asian hate going on out here right now, and I, I, I speak about it on our podcast, me and Ernie's podcast, because I just think it's the right thing to do. Well, that sums it up uh, in my mind pretty perfectly, Charles. So I feel the same way. I couldn't say it quite as eloquently as you. Jim Gray with Tom Brady and Charles Barkley. We're here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. Our program is brought to you by American Express. It's so easy to get excited about going to a game. You love hearing the sound of the whistle or smelling the game day concessions. All really close to your seat. That's the stuff that reminds you of the thrill of the game and knowing that Amex will be with you every step of the way. Because when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express, don't live life without it. Charles, uh, you've never been involved in social media, yet you talk a lot about social media. Why have you refrained and how have you managed to stay away? Well, first of all, Jim, you still have that green American Express card or you got the black one or the platinum yet? (laughs) Of the people, for the people, by the people, and with the people, I've got the green because we are with everyone. I'm a man of the people, okay? So unlike you with the platinum and the gold and the titanium and the, you know, whatever else you got, moonshot. Oh, that's one of, it's up, the black card. Centurion. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Jim, the reason I have avoided social media is, uh, number one, I'm not sure I could control my temper because I, I, I'm i old school. I can't let you just say anything to me and not respond. That's first <laughs> and foremost. But I don't want to be around. Uh, it's giving people too much power. Everybody out here think their opinion matter. They feel like they have to voice their opinion on every subject. But I never understand why you have to be an asshole. I mean, you can say something to somebody, but you don't have to be an asshole. So I just take that avenue out of my life. And I've had many opportunities, been offered tons of money to do it. And I said, no, I don't need that dirty money. So I'm never going to do social media, more than likely. Because uh, I just think people on there, are they're just assholes and mean-spirited. It, it, I agree. And I think there's no editor for social media. I think you have to be your own. And it's like being a parent. You know, it's like, uh, you know, there's parents that try to teach the right thing. There's some that, you know, you just kind of wing it. You know, I think from my standpoint, you always try to put out a good message, you know, and I think some people would say, I think you made a point earlier, you know, a lot of times you get criticized for what you say, then you get criticized for not saying something too. And then you get criticized for saying too much or then you get criticized for saying too little. And I think for me over the years, a lot of it's been, you know, oh, well, you never really know what he, you know, he says a lot without saying anything. You know, and I think from my standpoint, I've tried to play things down the middle because I'm not always trying to cause the, the you know, there's not a real point I want to make because I don't necessarily, again, especially as a member of a team, you don't want to disrupt the team. Certainly I don't, you know, because I feel like if I have a, if I have an issue with the team, I'm just going to go address it with my teammates, like I said. So I think there's an opportunity on social media to promote things that you believe in because if you do see yourself as having a voice and people listen to what you say – at least if I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something in a positive, constructive way or an empowering way or an inspiring way or an aspiring way. Because a friend of mine said something pretty good. He said, you know, there's a difference between 
being a class act, which was always a compliment when we were younger. You know, people say that guy's a real class act. When you would think of athletes or you think so, man, that guy's a class act. That was a great compliment. And then nowadays, basically, you just have to be an act. You know, if you <laughs> act like an idiot, people are going to pay attention. You know, if you say something stupid, people are going to pay attention. If you say something ridiculous, you're going to get paid attention. That used to be edited out. And then you would only really get things that people would actually look up to or aspire to. Man, I want to be like Charles Barkley because he's a great basketball player. Look at what they did in the Olympics and look what he did. And look, you know, that was a great compliment. Now you just have to be an idiot and you get a lot of attention and you get the same amount of attention as people who are doing really great things, you know, in society or doing great things to, you know, wake up every day to, you know, serve people, which is, you know, everyone's trying to make the world a better place in their own particular way. So that's a, Hopefully that's what I use social media for. Yeah, and like I say, I, I just don't want to open myself up to dealing with these fools, to be honest with you. But like I say, I would say something, because unfortunately, when you're famous, people can say anything to you, about you, but if you say something wrong, it's really, especially now with quote-unquote council culture, but I know that anytime you're a jock, some of the stuff they say to you if you come back at them and say the say quote unquote the wrong thing, there are ramifications for your words. And I'm saying like, nah, I don't want to talk to those people. If they want to hear me, they can turn on TNT. But I'm not gonna get into a back and forth BS with fans. You just can't do that because it's a lose lose proposition. So much more here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, even football fans can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. What would you like the power to do? Member FDIC. Before we go to break, so in Kenny Smith's world, Bank of America would now have to like send him some money because <laughs> <laughs> Bank of America is a great sponsor. Jim, let me tell you something. He was found a way to get something from the bank. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 a couple Wouldn't of years, we all? A couple years ago, it was a tire company that did a, ran a spot on TNT. And he turns to me like, see, we're technically endorsing those tires. About a month later, four tires show up at my house. Like, what's, up? what's up? What's up with these tires? They're like, well, you know, Kenny complained that we had a tire commercial and I got all y'all tires. I'm like, this is Kenny, man. This is Kenny. He wants every commercial that runs. He <laughs> Stay with us. We've got so much more. Charles Barkley, our special Thanksgiving edition. Tom Brady, Jim Gray, we'll be back right here on Sirius XM. Hey, everyone, this is Lindsay Rhodes, host of the NFL Roadshow, a Sirius XM podcast, inviting you to join me three, yes, three times a week for NFL analysis that goes beyond the low-hanging fruit. On Mondays, we react to the biggest stories of the NFL weekend. On Wednesdays, we pick one topic to really dig in on. And on Fridays, I'll give you all the fantasy football advice you need in just 15 minutes. We call it the Fantasy 15. Download new episodes of the NFL Roadshow right now on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady. Our show is brought to you by K Jewelers. This holiday, give a gift that means a lot without spending a lot. Now through November 28th, shop early and save at the K Black Friday sale. Exclusions apply. Visit K.com or your local K store for details. Every kiss begins with K. <laughs> that boy, Snake. Come on, Tom. Let's sing it, Tom. Give it to him, Snake. 
I've already done it. Snakes got it on replay. So, but it's a lot better than what you just said. You you have no tone. That was oh, that was too much trouble. Every kiss begins with K. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charles. Let's let's give it. Give us your rendition. Oh, okay. You know, first of all, every kiss begins with K. The Eagles have nothing to worry about tonight at that concert. That's right. Celine Dion is just fine, isn't she? Hey, I'm not good at singing. I don't have rhythm. I I love karaoke, though. I I, I do a lot of Frank Sinatra when I do karaoke. I, I love karaoke. What? Uh, my way? Give us a little my way. Well, I have to be drunk and I have to have the words on a teleprompter. <laughs> well, you stay drunk, so let me get you a teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, it's Thanksgiving, and I know you do a lot of things for a lot of people, but you don't do it in front of the cameras. It's not for recognition and for acknowledgement. Uh, you're back in Alabama today. Uh, I know your family's important to you, but just giving back and the whole concept of gratitude strikes you as what this time of year? Well, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. Uh, I already got my two deep fried turkeys ordered from Baby K's. Can't wait to pick up those uh, Thanksgiving uh, morning. I, I Man, I'm so lucky and blessed. Uh, I love giving back, and obviously I keep it kind of low-key and private, to be honest with you. You, you know that, Jim. But, man, to be able to go to dribble a stupid ball and and live my wildest dreams and expectations, being able to go all over the world, uh, build my mother and grandmother houses, uh, send my relatives to college. And, man, I and I can say it's just because of being able to dribble a stupid basketball. So I'm always thankful. I'm so lucky. I mean, I'm – I'll be, it's crazy to think, Jim, I'll be 60 in a couple months. Can you believe that? Holy hell. Wow. I remember, you know, I saw Dr. J last week and we were joking around because, you know, when you go to the NBA, you're like 21, 22 years old. Moses and Doc were 35 and we call them grandpa. And now I'm 60. Oh, and first of all, I just had my first grandson, which is the greatest thing ever happened to me in my life. Uh, I mean, little Henry is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. But I guess the point why I'm so thankful, man, I'll be 60 years old. I've never had a real job. I was blessed to play in the NBA for 16 years. I just started my 22nd year uh, on television. Wow. And I'm going to go my whole life without having a real job. I'm the luckiest dude in the world. I'm not trying to be Lou Gehrig or say whatever. I says. But I'm from a I'm I'm from a small town. I'm I'm staying. I'm at my mom's house right now. Uh, my mom, my dad, two of my brothers have passed away. It's just me and one of my brothers left to build her this house. And 60 years later, never have a real job because of a stupid ball. Man, I'm the luckiest dude in the world, Jim. I, and I don't take it for granted. Tell Tom that story about when I was interviewing you back in the Sixers locker room all those years ago with your mom and what she told you about living in Leeds, Alabama. So, you know, my mom, rest in peace. I, I, I was paying mom, you know, you have to, you have to pay your family cause you just can't give them money because of taxes. And my mom was, I was paying my mom about 50 grand a year. And there's only a couple thousand people in my hometown. And my mom would call me. She'd call my people every month getting extra money. And I'm like, mom, what the hell are you doing? I says, 
there's nobody in my hometown who makes fifty thousand dollars. You're getting fifty thousand. I pay all your bills, and you need extra money. I said, how the hell can you not make it on fifty grand in Leeds, Alabama? <laughs> I said, it's crazy. Now, fast forward about ten years later. Uh, it was about 2000, 2002. It was after the dream team, after the second dream team. And Charles says, Jim, you're not going to believe it. My mom can't live on $2 million a year now. I don't know what the heck happened. <laughs> hey, she asked me for a raise every year. I was like, Mom, what are you doing with money in Leeds, Alabama? I said, I built you a house. You got two cars. How can you not survive on six dollars or $70,000 a year? She's the best. I got to spend money. I'm Charles Barkley's mama. People expect me to spend money. <laughs> stop it. You gotta stop. I love it. I love it. You can celebrate your next special occasion, perhaps Thanksgiving, at Morton's the Steakhouse. Morton's is the prime place to take your special someone for that perfect steak and unrivaled dining experience. Visit Morton's.com for reservations. And we always think when we hear of Morton's and Mastro's about a man we're all really thankful oh, yeah. for, particularly Tommy. Uh, the great Tom Brady Sr. Yep. and Galen. And uh, they love those restaurants, but uh, we love them and want to wish them a very happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. I, I saw I saw Tom's dad at the last match. It was really cool to spend some time and say hello with him. He was just awesome. Yeah. He's amazing. I had three older sisters, and my dad was always, you know, whatever I needed, you know, I think of myself as a parent and being grateful, you know, during Thanksgiving. It's always time for family, you know, when you think about, this holiday and you know the commitment that parents make and that my parents made to me in my career is unbelievable you know what i mean it's just you know you think of all the people along the way that enabled you and like you said how many years you played basketball and have been a part of the sport that's allowed you to be you know have this amazing life and same for me i remember being i didn't start playing football till i was a freshman in uh freshman high school and i didn't even play i was a backup quarterback on a team that went zero and seven or zero and eight didn't even play and we didn't win a game. So I was very shitty, <laughs> but my parents never thought when I kept playing, you know, they always said, no, you're going to, and mom, dad, I love football. I want to play. You can do it, son. You can do it. You can do it. You want me to, you know, let's go and went to the college of San Mateo to the guy who taught me to throw a football. God rest his soul. Tom Martinez was a great man. But my dad, we'd come home, roll his, 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 his shirt sleeve up and drive me up there and sit there and, you know, film as, you know, I'm learning how to throw. So, you know, you just have these people that are in your life, like your, your parents and, you know, the, the commitment that they make to enable your success, you know, talk about gratitude and having perspective and appreciation for all those people along the way. So I'm here in my 23rd season, you know, looking forward to finishing strong here after Thanksgiving. And obviously with a lot of gratitude for the people that have made such a huge impact in my life and supported me throughout this amazing career and, you know, I just want to be that for my kids. You know, I just want to be the best dad I could be. You're 100% correct because when you're, when you're famous, obviously people talk to you and there's so many people around you. But, man, there's so many people who help you become successful and who, who people don't even know their names. Yeah. And it's like when I went back, when I was blessed to go in the Basketball Hall of Fame, I wrote down and just think going back to my high school teachers my coaches, like, because really a celebration, because obviously I began all the accolades my entire life, but just getting the chance to thank all the people. I was raised by my mother and grandmother, two of the greatest women ever, and just, and they put, my mom was a maid, 
and my grandmother worked in the in the meat factory, and it I, first of all she used to bring those chicken feet home, and let me tell you something you have to eat like a thousand chicken feet to get like a full meal because there's only <laughs> chicken feet it's not like a little ball of meat right there on the feet, and you have to eat like a thousand of those little things to get like a full meal. But thinking about that years later, I'm like, man, my grandma, she was just trying to get it done. And I was so blessed that I got to do a lot of cool things for them before they both passed away. Have you ever had any chicken feet, Tom? I can't say. I, I don't think I ever have. I had chicken hearts, but never chicken feet. And that's not something I want to remember much. So <laughs> We heard what Charles Thanksgiving is going to be. He's got those fried turkeys that he's picking up from wherever he said he's picking Ooh. them up from. Tom, I, I know that that uh, probably is against the TB12 method, but uh, what's what's your Thanksgiving going to look like? I know I've had a pretty strict diet over the years, but one that's one that's one thing loosens up around Thanksgiving. I get to eat kind of, you know, I get to go for it, especially during the season. But, you know, it, it's interesting. I've had a lot of humble pie this year, so I might have to indulge in a little, you know, pumpkin pie and, and some uh, some whipped cream. So I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a good Thanksgiving. Hey, you know, first of all, one meal doesn't get you this big, Tom. It's a cumulative <laughs> effect. So a, a piece of pie ain't going to make or break the TB12 method. I agree. I go for it. I go Char for it. Charl Charles, you had a contest with Dick Bavetta and uh, of who could run the fastest many years ago. Dick Bavetta, the longtime referee, uh, was famous for kissing everybody who he, who he approached uh, on the cheek. Uh, and you guys had a race, and, and that race took place. Uh, did you ever consider perhaps a, a challenge, the TB12 challenge? Perhaps we can get some of that off you? Uh, you know, no. Nah, I saw uh, Hank Haney, Hank Haney try to teach him golf. That wasn't as successful, although there was a lot of effort by Charles, which there still is, and he's actually turned into a pretty good golfer. So it's been a fun journey. Hey, Tom, I won my member member last week. Me and Dan Marley, I'm a member of a place in, in Scottsdale called Whisper Rock. And it was my first tournament. I got in over the summer, and I played the uh, – Friday I played the best I've ever played in my life. And Saturday, I played pretty good. And everybody accused me of cheating because right now, I'm probably a 10 handicap. I'm wow. Right now, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm playing great. Shout out to my coach, Stan Utley, who changed my entire life on the golf course. And, man, I'm playing great. And I uh, I can't wait to get back to Arizona after I go to work tomorrow because I'm playing – I'm not playing Thursday, but I'm playing Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. There must have uh, been – there must have only been three people in that tournament if you won. Nah. <laughs> it was, uh, it's got two golf courses, and it was eight sums, Jim. I just played great, Jim. Can't you just get? I'm playing great. Stop being a hater. <laughs> Back to the question: How about the TB12 method for a little bit of, of what you're carrying around? Uh, you know, uh, I actually got to get in shape. My doctor and Dr. Andrews told me because I got two good hips now. I just got two new hips, so I actually can start working out again. But Dr. Andrews told me, he said, Chuck, you got to start losing weight because I see a lot of fat young people. I don't see no fat old people. They're all dead. So he <laughs> told me, get your fat ass in shape. So that's my goal. That's my goal at 60. Uh, my birthday is in February. So my goal is to use the next year to really get myself in shape. All right. Well, we're going to take the Kenny Smith approach and we're going to outfit you because Tom has his own apparel line. It's called Brady Brand. You can check it out at BradyBrand.com, including the new Brady pant. We're going to get you some, and you're going to fit in them. Go to BradyBrand.com. You're going to look good, and you're going to feel better. Brady Brand, let's go. Come on, Charles. What do you think of that challenge? So, first of all, 
I guarantee you the Brady brand don't have no big-ass fat sizes. It you stretches know, a little bit. I don't know the, how, how much it stretches. I, it it might be stretched out. <laughs> but Hey, I'll take all the Brady brand gear. I'll make and I I'll make sure I wear it well. But I don't think the pants gonna fit me. I'm not gonna lie there. We're gonna get something that can fit you. We'll send it your way. I promise you, you're gonna like it. You know, Tommy Charles taught me this too as a very very young journalist. He said, "If it's free, I'll take three. About <laughs> <laughs> being famous, one of the craziest thing about being famous is all the free shit you get. Like, when when I was growing up here in Alabama, my mom's a maid. And my me and, me and three of my brothers, we didn't get nothing. Now all of a sudden I'm famous. Free shit just show up at the house all the time. They're like, hey, where this on TV? Where this on the podcast? Blah blah blah. Says, where were y'all at when I was poor? I, I couldn't know. get anything back then. Now I get all. It's the craziest thing ever, of being in the line like all the free shit to get. Show up at home and there's boxes there full of stuff that people want to see. They send me golf clubs. I'm like, no, nah, you don't want me with that that hook or that slice that I got on repping these Titleist, you know, drivers. This is something you don't want my bag. Although my man Gronk, there's nobody that likes free more than Gronk. I've never seen Gronk spend a dollar since the day I met him. He would come <laughs> in when I was at the Patriots in the middle of December in the shorts from his Nike contract. And he'd have this Canada Goose jacket that I gave him. And I swear to God, he'd wear it for two weeks straight. And he would get in his football clothes. So it's amazing that you can go through life like that and never spend a nickel, which that's that's my boy Gronk. So, But but he can get away with that because his personality. I know, because he doesn't get, he doesn't care. He's just, that, nobody, that's him. Nobody dislikes Gronk. No, it's impossible to dislike him. But he's a he's one of a kind. He is an amazing guy. I, I, now, I, I, I concur. I'm going to give you a throwback. Nobody was like Tommy Lasorda. He invented the words America's guest. <laughs> Tommy Lasorda paid for nothing ever anywhere at any time in his life for and damn near about 70 years. Yeah, but he had that infectious personality. I was blessed to be around coach uh, probably five or six times because, you know, they got the Italian connection between Fratello, Riley Massimino, uh, my, they, these Italian guys, they get together all the time, and it is a great time. And you cannot – he's on the same list as Gronk. Everybody likes Tommy Lasorda. Rest great in peace. guy. Great guy. Yeah. Hey, we're going to let you go, but we got one final test. Tommy, say the word terrible. 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 <laughs> hey, you, you know, when I, when I first started saying terrible, <laughs> people say, do you know how to spell terrible? I said, yeah. They said, well, why do you pronounce it with a U? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? They're like, you say terrible, not terrible. And now it's just like, I just say it all the time. Terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> it's perfect. You say it just, just how it's supposed to be said. Charles, you're a national treasure. We can't thank you enough for coming on here on Let's Go. We love watching you on TNT. And thanks so much for being with us. Happy hey, Thanksgiving, man. pal. Anytime, Tom. You know how much love and respect I got for you, man. Hey, enjoy, the, enjoy yourself. Have a great Thanksgiving. Hey, Jim. You know, I love you like a brother, man. You take care of yourself. Hey, and you, uh, Snake, David, whatever your damn name is, have a great Thanksgiving, guys. Thanks, Chuck. Right, hey, Snake Snake took, I just want to say, Snake took the TB12 challenge, broke his own PR uh, in a marathon, three hours, 23 minutes. So, Why the hell Snake, way to go, man. Why would you run a marathon anyway? I was running the Philly Marathon, Charles, in honor of you. 
Hey, listen, if you're running around Philly, running comes in handy if you're running that crazy. <laughs> I wonder why you ran so fast. <laughs> okay, guys. Hey, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Charles. All right, the great Charles Barkley. Tommy, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Good luck in Cleveland. Thanks, Scratchy. Looking forward to it. And as we know, football season begins after Thanksgiving, and here we are. We're 5-5. Five and five. Our whole season's ahead of us and looking forward to it. And again, just want to express as much gratitude as I can to all our fans, people who have supported our show, and also thank you to our great sponsors. You know, let's keep it going. Let's have our best December and, you know, wake up every day, try to do a little bit better for the people around us, for ourselves, and uh, that's what it's all about for us. So have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Same to you, Tom. Grateful for you. Tremendous appreciation for Tom Brady. I want to remind everybody our program is brought to you by United Wholesale Mortgage. For buying or refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. You can find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by the number one mortgage lender in America, United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. Equal housing lender, NMLS number 3038. It's licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Also want to extend a happy Thanksgiving to everybody who listens to our program as well as to our terrific producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, and our production assistant, Harris Fabishoff. We are grateful for our sponsors, Let's Go, presented by Hertz, and we thank our sponsors, American Express, USAA, Bank of America, K Jewelers, United Wholesale Mortgage, Brady Brand, and Morton's. Let's Go Podcast with Tom Brady was produced by 199 Productions and Scratchy Productions in collaboration with Shadow Lion. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.